right, this is episode 185 of No Laugh Track Podcast. My name is Justin Severson, the host. Thank you, Circle of Heat, for letting us play their music there at the beginning. And thank you to uh, everyone that uh, downloaded and listened to last week's episode. We did a kind of a weird thing where we pre-recorded. A lot of shows do that uh, podcast. We usually don't. Usually we're week of, day of. We record and drop it that same day. But I was on my honeymoon in Jamaica in paradise. So we pre-recorded and skipped a week with Cy Amundsen. So apologies to Cy. But we've recorded other ones with him. Please go back and listen to those. Did one with Andy Erickson. So thank you, everybody who sat around and uh, listened to those. I got a first-timer here this week, and his name is Matthew Broussard, and he's sitting right across from me. Popping that cherry. And here we go, popping that cherry. My first time ever. Yeah. Where should we start? Let's start here. Have you ever been to Minneapolis? I have. This is my maybe fourth or fifth time. Uh, I I did a NACA. I did like those national... The, these college showcases things where you go up and you showcase your colleges. I think I did one college show around here. Oh, I've done a club. I did the the casino. Oh. Uh, what's it called? There's the several. Lake. Mystic, Mystic Lake. Lake. Yeah. Ooh. Mystic that Lake. wasn't fun. <laughs> really? <laughs> I did not have much fun. I shouldn't talk shit on uh, people who pay me, but uh, that was like my first ever club weekend. It was just kind of like... Uh, Hate to get all technical, but my agent was uh, just threw it to me just to, you know, like, ah, here's work. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, casino crowds, not my kind of crowd. Not really, uh. I don't, I've never, apologies to Mystic Lake. I've never seen con- comedy out there. What kind of room did they put you in? Like, uh, uh, to do the show? You know, a very narrow, long room. You know, just how comedy is supposed to be. Just, yeah, right. you know, nice, deep rooms. <laughs> uh, and, uh, just this back room that people just shuffled into, probably comp tickets. Did they at least dim the lights a little bit? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. It was a co-headliner show, so I did 30, another person did 30. Just, you know, no connecting. No, not not my crowd. I have certain places that uh, I don't enjoy doing comedy as much, which is uh, casinos and cruise ships aren't. aren't. I have a bad history with casinos. Yeah. yeah. Have you done a cruise ship? No, I haven't. I just know it wouldn't be very fun. (laughs) (laughs) You ever been on a cruise? I have been on a cruise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like college spring break or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, my ideal setting, my best two shows ever have been, strangely for some reason, at medical schools. That's where I have the most fun. So Really? Yeah. Love it. Love those crowds. Hmm. A lot of my jokes kind of revolve around biology and different fields of science. Yeah, you're like a smart comic. Ah. Right? I, I... sound much smarter than I actually am on stage. <laughs> I just use some SAT words and people are like, oh, that's a great part when, when you do comedy. Uh, for every like four syllable word you use, it negates one F word that you use. Oh, okay. So people think I'm a cleaner comic than I am because I kind of am a little verbose. I got, well, I'm going to, can I quiz you on a word here? Oh, please. I, uh, this, I don't even remember how this came up, but I was with my kids. I have two daughters mm-hmm. and, uh, we, I don't we were reading a story and this word was in it. I'm like, what? I had no idea what it meant. Oh, man. Yeah. My pride is on the line. I know. I, know. I don't usually do I don't, I'm not a huge reader. I don't have like uh, an extensive vocabulary. My vernacular is quite limited. My lexicon is indeed. Oh, quite please small. tell me I didn't lose that. <laughs> the word is uh, propinquity. Never heard propinquity. it. Propinquity. Yes. Oh, may no, may I, I please have it spell it? it. Oh, uh, now I can't find it. P R Pro. P R O. Pink. 
Piquity. I think that's it's like P R O P I Q. Oh, this might not work down here. Damn it! I think I just closed that page. We'll have to look it up after. Oh, but you don't know that one. I've, I've already forgotten. I'm gonna use it in my act. <laughs> I'm gonna find a way to slip it into a joke and just watch people go, huh? <laughs> just just to be pretentious. That's. Can you, you can't make it? him laugh. At least make him feel stupid. That's the Matthew Broussard method. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. he's. All, you know what? I didn't get everything, but I liked him. Yeah. I liked him a lot. I'm. I'm a big fan of. Uh, you can use big words if you contextualize them and allow people to use their meanings. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, decaf coffee. Oh, That's, there you go. Uh, I just got handed a decaf. Being a decaf coffee drinker is like being left-handed. The world just doesn't set it up for you. No. You have to ask for it special. And it's probably been sitting around for a long time. It's sitting around for a long time, or they have to brew it fresh. What annoys me the most now is I go to, like, Starbucks. I'm like, oh, you guys have decaf? Like, oh, we stopped serving in afternoon. Oh, you mean the time of day when I need it the most? And they're like, well, we can make you an Americano. I'm like, what's an Americano? Oh, it's a shot of espresso dumped in a thing of hot water, uh, and it costs $2 more and tastes exactly like coffee. Like, charge me the same and give me decaf coffee, damn it. What the fuck? That's news to me. But you know what? You know what? I, you know what I respect about mm-hmm. you now is that uh, you're a coffee drinker. You must like the taste. I I could give you my philosophy on coffee. Um, I do love the taste. It has really grown on me. I put cream, no sugar. Don't like any of the fruity stuff. Me too. I, I, sometimes milk, black. not sugar. Milk, not sugar. Um, milk gives a good texture. Mm-hmm. I still enjoy a black coffee. I hate all that sugary stuff. You look at like those like mocha frappuccinos, it's more sugar and calories than like two Snickers bars. Mm-hmm. I don't need to drink my calories, thank <laughs> you very much. Uh, my thing with coffee, my philosophy on coffee is that I have this bad habit of if you give me food, if you give me a beverage, I down it as fast as possible. <laughs> I've been a swimmer my whole life. I consume for really? the sake of consumption. Um, if it's a beer, if it's a shot, I just drink it every and thing too quickly. A hot beverage, on the other hand, you can't drink it too fast. No, you got to savor it. It it's makes true. you slow down. It forces you to be zen. That's what I like about it. Decaf or caffeinated. What about an iced coffee? See, no, See? no. I'm just gonna chug it, and not enjoy it. Yeah, that's true. I'm gonna get straight to the bottom of it. That's true. I bought a uh, in Jamaica. I brought home a bag of uh, the Blue Mountain coffee mm-hmm. and when i cracked it open uh sunday morning mm-hmm. i totally savored it i slowly opened it and took a big whiff now how do you how do you make your coffee it's like food porn uh i just i'm i've got a uh, you know the classic drip drip coffee yeah 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 i mean that that's why i like comedians and cars getting coffee so much because they have that scene of that that big wide mug that's almost a bowl with a handle, yeah. and they got that that brown coffee with the light tan foam on top of it, and they dump a little bit of cream in there, and just the way it spreads out, <laughs> and it, it's so pleasing. It's more I, I like it more than porn at this point. It's food it's, porn. Yeah, it's so beverage good. porn. I do uh, I do French press because it's the only thing I have around, which is a I've really done great way to make coffee. It if is. You want to make coffee in under two minutes and then spend fifteen minutes cleaning it. <laughs> cleaning it out. I know. It's num, so num, num, num. just all the little grits get stuck in there. Yeah. Uh, you can also yeah you can uh, put a little pinch between your cheek and gums. What's that mean? What do you mean with the uh, with those grounds that end up getting in your? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess I have a good one. That doesn't happen to me. Oh. I don't get the grounds. That's good. I gotta I gotta I gotta. You know, that's how I'm living. Fancy French press. <laughs> this is completely inaccessible. <laughs> What's the stuff we're talking about? <laughs> go, was that some? Cra- yeah, go ahead. Good luck there in getting that out. 
Do oh, open that it. without spilling. I got it. Oh, I already, oh, I'm already taken care of. I said the other one. Two creams, a little much. A little much. So we're, uh, since you've never been on this podcast before, um, we should do a little, you know, history of how, how you ended up being a comic and not working in some office today and where we wouldn't be talking. I, uh, so I'm a little rare in that. If, if you're giving me free reign to tell my story, please do. Okay. Please do. Um, I, uh, grew up in Atlanta, uh, math kid in high school, swam, wasn't that great at it, went to college, a school called Rice, studied math, or applied math, um, got a job out of college. Uh, Let me go back here, now I'm going to throw in some questions. Please. Uh, math, why, dad, mom, dad, who was into math? I just loved it. Really? Uh, my dad was a chemist. Okay. And that was, this sounds cheesy, that was and is how we connect. We can sit and talk about math problems and science and things involving numbers all day. And to outsiders, it seems like we're having a cold conversation. But to us, it's like we'll we'll be talking about numbers and statistics. And at the end of the phone call, my brother and I will be like, that was great, man. Thanks so much. Such a good talk. It's just to me, uh, it's how my brain's wired. I just like – I don't know if I'm good at it. I just like it. Yeah. I'm not a great reader. I'm, I just like finite details. Math is the truth. I could go on and on. Math doesn't change. No one invented math. Uh, here's a, this is kind of a controversial statement. If God exists, not even God could change math. The Pythagorean theorem holds true forever and always. No one created it. It just is. It's not a byproduct of some molecular mass or some arbitrary set of rules set by man. It's just the truth. You're right. Math is an extension of, if you take a logic class, it's actually very mathematical. Math is an extension of logic. These are just things that are true. Yeah. People get angry at math. People argue with math. There's no, there's no math deniers. That's one of my favorite things. You can be a climate change denier. You can't be a math denier. Math always was just very pleasing to me. Yeah. Uh, from, I just remember very young age. I remember being like second grade sitting on the dock, just sitting there zoning out, thinking about what happens when you sum up consecutive energies. Like, well, what's five plus four plus three plus two plus one? What happens to be five times five plus one divided by two? Like a little, th- that was like, it's just cool. Uh, always, always really found it pleasing. I'm sad I don't still do it. My daughter just came, uh, my nine-year-old, just, we were talking the other day, and she goes, is zero a digit? Uh, great question. And I thought, my first reaction was, is this a trick question? I, so I asked, is this a trick question? No, Dad, is is zero a digit? And I thought, I, yeah, yes, I'm going to say yes. No, I don't know, I, you look like you want to have an answer for this, but I said yes, and the reason she was asking this is because she's going to turn 10 this summer, and she wanted to uh, be able to say, I'm turning double digits. In that case, it is a digit. Yeah. It's a tricky question. Right? But zero as as low as itself as a standalone number, is it a, is it a one-digit number? Is it a, yeah, that's a, it's a good question uh-huh. that I don't know the answer to. Yeah, okay. I also just thought he, because uh, I did, you know, like I, we talked about briefly before here. I do, you know, I do my research on my guests, and yeah. I, I, I know about the, the your interest in math. I saw that. Did you? Um, and we'll get. I'm, we're going to get back to, uh, you know, oh, uh, comedy career. But um, some some uh, nerd came out with a thing about how to, ma- and I say nerd with the utmost respect. Yes, it is a great word. Yeah, uh, uh, trust me, I really do. I'm doing my best to turn my daughters into nerds. I I personally don't like using the word for myself. Uh, just because it feels, uh, arrogant. I think when someone calls himself a nerd, I think it's like, let someone else call you a nerd. Yeah. You don't get to call you. It's like calling yourself handsome. I'm like, let someone else do it. <laughs> By this, th- at this point in our society, nerd has a very positive connotation that people overuse. Yeah. I, that's a good point. And then I will say in my, I've definitely 
I have called myself a nerd. Handsome. I, I think we're still at zero. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to hear it. No one likes more. a handsome nerd. That's what they say. <laughs> but what do you think of this one? Uh, is a math guy. A guy came up with the uh, uh, dimensions for the perfect snowman. Ooh, optimized based on what? How nerdy is that? It, uh, on the, it, I'm going to read it to you. I have it here. It's uh, it's the dimensions. It's from the the base, 31 inches. Uh huh. Let's see where is it here? We got a. Uh, it should be 64 inches tall, which is a little over you know five feet. Uh, not including the hat. The bottom ball of the yeah, snowman equipment, yeah. should be 31 inches. The middle 20, and the head 13. What do you think of that? I think I know why they chose those numbers. Oh, okay. Well, I want to know that. I'll give you some more details here. Uh, the eyes should be no more than two inches apart, and the carrot nose should be exactly 1.5 inches. Ooh, very short. Yeah. Now, why do you think they picked those dimensions? I'm just going to guess, because this is a popular thing, that there's some uh, golden ratio that each sphere is roughly... Uh, each the, the, the A third of the... No, actually, if you take it over... The the sphere of uh, of a big sphere over the next biggest sphere is going to be equal to f- uh, phi phi golden ratio somewhere around two point seven two point eight which is when you take the Fibonacci sequence which is one one two three five basically a series of numbers in which each digit each number in that series is the sum of the pre- two previous numbers as you go to infinity the ratio of the number over the previous number approaches phi so they say it's a very naturally occurring number i disagree they say it happens a lot in art and in nature i think it's just kind of a coincidence that yeah. it pops up a lot like that but they say it has its pleasing properties symmetrically um, but uh 31 over 20 no i'm wrong so uh I don't know. I guess I don't know. But your explanation sounded great. I'll go yeah, with it. Yeah, but my math is wrong. Oh. So. Ah, see, well then it isn't right, right? I like that. I just want to know how they came up with that. If it's if it's if it's mathematical, if it's empirical, if it's it just, just, just said as a, a mathematician in England came up. So with he probably has some numbers behind it. I came trust up with him. the formula. He's it. clearly a smarter person than I am. <laughs> and he had access to snow, or maybe not. That would be Which lame if he only. If yeah, exactly. If he only did it like on a computer without a actual sim- yeah, you got to run it run, right. Yeah, simulations. Right. Yeah. Can't just run those simulations. I just thought of a perfect thing for you, and I don't, maybe you've already done this, or it's a terrible idea, but I'm gonna throw it out there. This is something that'd be perfect for you, like a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. You go, and I don't know where you work it out. You go into a school as a substitute teacher and fill in for a day as a math teacher. I've dreamed about that. That was honestly when I was in high school and if you had asked me what I was going to be in high school, I would have said a uh, math teacher. My dad was a math teacher. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. It's like uh there's certain there's certain things I remember so like learning Euler's identity. I remember just sitting in my classroom just like pounding my desk like oh shit like <laughs> Like, oh, those terms cancel out. What? And just like being the only person, like wanting to jump out of my seat. And we just wanting to relive that moment over and over again. Did you let people cheat off you? Oh, yes. Uh, actually, in physics, I didn't have a lot of friends in high school. Uh, I'm not going to say I was like a loser or nerd. I just, for some reason, I didn't have friends. I think it was because I was an asshole, mm-hmm. not because I was a loser. Um, and we had this thing called WebAssign in physics class. So all of our all of our problem sets, you would log online to your account and it was like eight problems and you had to answer them all. The only thing was is that on each person's account, the numbers were randomized. So everyone had different answers, but the computer knew gotcha. what the right answer was based on those. So I would do my homework and solve it using variables. 
and then figure out my answer, basically work backwards to find a general solution based on which variables are randomized, and then write down all eight questions, just have the very, very simple of this number times the first variable times the second variable divided by the third variable squared, or something like that. So to look at those and plug them in, you didn't have to understand anything that was going on in the homework. So I would do those for classmates. Uh, I would just <laughs> hand them out. I'd finish my homework and then hand them out. And in an attempt to make friends, those guys still screwed me over. Um, but ultimately, it really benefited me because they ended up failing the tests. Oh, right. Because they right. never understood the subject mm-hmm. material. And I'm okay to say that now because I went and had uh, a drink with my physics teacher uh, a couple, maybe like a year ago, and I came clean to her about that. I had felt guilty about it for the longest time. Did she have any suspicions? She didn't. She wasn't angry at me. No? She was like... Yeah, high school sucks. I yeah. understand. I wish you hadn't done that, but uh, I yeah. can understand why you did that. Yeah. I would have passed those. Just for the record, I would have passed them anyway to get them out of here. Yeah, right. That was uh, <laughs> I took I took yeah, that was that was fun too. And I and it was it was fun to do the homework that way, to not just do it for myself, but to create a general solution for everyone. It felt more satisfying. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you went okay, let's go back now. You went to uh so you go to Rice. Went to Rice in Houston, in, Texas. In Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Steve Jordan. No, we went to Brown. There's a Viking, former famous Vikings player that went to Rice. Is uh, it Steve Jordan? Might it be Steve Jordan? I, if you said the name, I might know it. Hmm. But I think it's kind of a standard name. Yeah, maybe that's not it. I think maybe you went to Brown. No, no, I'm thinking about that. In any case, you may, you, your ma- major was... I started as an... Apl- oh, here's what happened. I wanted to major in math or physics, and my parents would not let me. They said it wasn't employable enough. So I just uh, majored in mechanical engineering like my brother. I figured it'd be fun, to, enough math. And uh, I ended up not liking it that much. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I had to take a class in the applied math department, a linear algebra class and a partial differential equations class in the linear algebra department. And I remember just loving it. Two, three weeks in, I was like, this is an amazing this stuff is amazing and it's in the applied math department. Maybe I can convince my parents that this is a more employable major than pure math. And yeah. they were like, okay, sure. So I ended up switching majors and doing applied math and I loved it. It was really hard. I was probably one of the stupidest people in my program. We had like 30 kids in the whole major at my whole school okay. in the undergrad program. Uh, but it was very fun. Very, very fun. How, where did comedy go? fit in there though. oh never i i'd had no experience with it uh i did like i think i did theater for like half a year in middle school and really really enjoyed it but never tried it in high school never considered it for myself my parents were super gung-ho my parents are basically asian they were just like you major in a good major and find a good job we're we're you know they paid for my education i earned a scholarship but they paid for the rest of it yeah um nice and uh scholarship uh as manager of the women's swim team i might add uh, oh. <laughs> the plot thickens. Um, yeah. So, and I, am, I, I love my parents. So I, I, I did what they told me to do, and they, they, you know, they never pushed me towards music. They never tried to make tell me to be an artist. They let me do those things on the side, but they never encouraged it for fear that I might take it too seriously. <laughs> uh, I had to pay for my own swim fees yeah. in high school because they also wanted to teach me that sport is, uh, uh is recreation. You're not doing sports like a job. You're, it's something you get to do after you're done with everything else. So they instilled that in me. And wow. then when I got out of college, I was working wow. as a financial analyst. Uh, and I think I just saw I saw Donald Glover live. Uh huh. And who, who I I loved his stand up that I'd seen online. I saw him live, and it was like the first time really seeing live stand up comedy. I was like, wow. I, I mean, the jokes are good, but just to see one person stand up there so calmly and just have. 
a crowd of people in his hand. His presence was just something to behold. And yeah. I was like, I got to I got to try that, if nothing else. And then the idea slipped out of my mind. And then a few weeks later, I saw a flyer for an open mic. And I was like, oh, I can just I can just go start doing that. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't dawn on me that you. No one goes to school for stand-up comedy. That anyone can just start doing it. Just show up. Uh, so I just started doing it. Yeah. And that was in Houston. Texas? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What was that stage like? Oh, I loved it. I loved the Houston. I loved working nine to five and then going straight from work to start doing mics and getting to sleep too late and waking up feeling like crap and slogging into the office. Yeah. Because when comedy went poorly, at least I have a day job. And when my day job went poorly, at least I have this thing I'm pursuing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Houston, when I started was a lot of bars Okay. and the scene was still predominantly run by a lot of the, uh, older comics sure. who, not older, but the, uh, the vets, the vets, that's a good way of putting it, Cause I like all those guys very much. They're, uh, I, I rode comics in a good way. Uh, uh, and, and they taught me a lot of valuable skills. And then as I was leaving, um, uh, there was this kind of influx of the alt scene because the club, there's basically no clubs in Houston. Okay. There was a, a, a kind of a roadie room and then there was the improv, which was really big, which is mostly an urban room. So if you were a comic like me, there was kind of no middle ground. So we started establishing our own shows. We, they started a lot of people like Gabe Bravo, Andrew Youngblood, uh, uh, other people I should, I should remember, but I can't, uh, Kevin Farron, Dusty Rhodes would all put together these shows and, um, it was it was younger hipper crowds so it was you would get to do both oh correct Whereas if you were in austin we i always it's always austin dallas houston austin was nothing but alt crowds yeah. there was nothing but comic book stores and even the club crowds had very highbrow tastes so if you stayed in austin you might become a little niche and have a hard time transitioning to broader audiences whereas if you're in dallas dallas is a predominantly club scene and you might get too club and have trouble connecting with uh the comic book crowds. Wow. With, yeah. So Houston was kind of this little Goldilocks place. Gotcha. And, I, and I still think of it that way. Did you, have you ever gone back to Austin done like the South by Southwest? I have not been uh, accepted into that festival yet. Mm. I would love to. Yeah. It's a great festival. Yeah. Everything there is. And I don't mean to talk shit on Austin or Dallas comics. They're both very, very skilled. I just think Houston gets overlooked in sure. that conversation. Sure. Uh, I was a swimmer. So you just caught my attention yeah. when you said that. Big time. What yeah. I was, uh, well, I don't want to brag or anything. 200 fly? Uh, no. Uh, I was, uh, in high school, I was all conference in the backstroke. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 100? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. What, uh, I remember, uh, I did the, uh, you know, the IM where you uh -huh. do all four events. I remember doing that once and pushing it so hard that I got out of the water, immediately went to the locker room and threw up. That's impressive. Yeah. That's very And still impressive. had a, two more races to do that night. Yeah. 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 I, I didn't go beyond high school. I wish I. I wish I would have. I yeah. wasn't that good, but uh, I loved it. Did you do the kickouts in the hundred back show? Did you dolphin kick to the flags? Of course. Flags? Yeah. Of course. The closest you can get to feeling like a superhero. Yeah. Right. That kicking right. out, man. So Co much. counting, counting, or you know yeah. how many strokes? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, it's good stuff, man. I like swimmers. I like it's uh the most. I think the most painful sport. Uh, it's up know, there. In yeah. Its, in its own way, it's the most painful sport. I, uh, you know the comic Lori Kilmartin? Yes, she and I have swam together in Austin. Get yeah. out of here! Yeah, because she and I are like, it, it's, it's, 
you think swimming's this big sport, but past high school, you f- it's a very uncommon thing of people like when you meet another swimmer, you're like, oh, they actually have a really good pool. You talk to people and it was like, oh, there's a 24 hour fitness down the street. You could swim there. I'm like, yeah. no, it's three lanes. It's two feet deep and it's 23 yards long. I can't get a workout there. Mm-mm. Sorry to be a snob. Yeah. No kidding. You've swam with her. Yeah. She's been on this podcast a few times and we've talked about swimming. Yeah, it, cha- it, it shapes you. It it, yeah, it 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 changes your personality in a way. I'd like to think for the best. It teaches you how to really, really suffer for things. Oh man, I uh, think back to some of those killer practices, and yeah, I just, just fucking exhausted, absolutely exhausted. The one, the vivid memory is that that five forty a.m. alarm clock is is the hardest thing I've ever experienced. Maybe I've had an easy life, but yeah. just the. I got to get out of bed and get to this pool, especially if you don't have to go to that workout, if it's an optional workout. And we had an outdoor pool in Houston. So you'd be standing there on a winter morning, 50 degrees, 40 degrees, and you're wearing a Speedo. Uh, You're literally naked and you have to jump into a pool. And it's the first thing you do that day. I can't. That's not an option here in Minnesota. So I never... I never had a meet in an outdoor pool. I never had a practice in an outdoor pool. Even... Even... uh, Though you guys don't have outdoor pools, I remember in Atlanta, it got kind of cold in the winters of just getting out of bed in that cold weather and just, it's, you're still cold from the outdoors walking into the pool and you got to jump in water. Oh, even, uh, or leaving practice. Leaving. And, and, and your, your hair, hair freezes. freezes outside. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Uh huh. Uh, misery. Like, oh, yeah. I always think about how Michael Phelps has spent his entire career training between Ann Arbor, Michigan and Baltimore. Indoor. Yeah. All year for, uh, how old is he? 30? 25 years of his career swimming indoors in cold climates. And he finally just switched to start training at ASU. And he's like, Oh yeah, swimming can actually be pretty fun when you're <laughs> outdoors and there's sun on you. I'm Have like, you seen? I'm sure you've seen. He's training. He's, oh, I've been for, keeping. He for real. He looks great. Yeah. He's going to break a world record again. I saw. He's watched- going to, I think he's going to win all three. I watched some video where they were showing him lifting weights. Oh yeah. Holy crap. The guy's ripped right now. He's gotten. Big yeah, and yeah, cut yeah. up. Like he always used to be like look good, but he looks like a bodybuilder mm-hmm. right now. And he's swimming so fast. Yeah. God, it's an exciting time to watch swimming. That's the weird thing about me is I keep up with swim. I don't watch any sports, but I keep up with swimming the way most people watch Sports Center. I'm every day I'm like, what what if, what race is going on this weekend? Wow. Who's doing it? Who could break some records? Yeah. What young guys are popping up? That because you you like I love making predictions for the team and all that. Yeah. When I was in high school, there was a I, this woman that cut my hair. She was like, you know, she goes, oh, she'd always notice, you know, because my hair smelled like chlorine. So we yeah. talk about swimming. And then oh, I the remember chlorine. one day she goes, you know, there's another guy that swims that, that I cut his hair. I, I hear he's pretty good. Uh, he's a little bit younger than you. I think I was like, you know, 16 or 17 mm-hmm. at the time. And she's like, yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, he's younger than you, though. Well, I eventually found out who it was. His name's Tom Melchow, and he won. Yeah. He was a medalist in the Olympics like four years later. I am her? Uh, yeah. He, yeah. he did every freestyle, you know, he was real good at. But he yeah. was from, uh, he you know, very good swimmer. Mendota. Yeah. This 96 is, guy, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Melchow. Yeah. And he's like four years younger than me or something like that. And she's like, oh, yeah, I hear he's pretty good. And then when I found out, I'm like, pretty good. This guy's like one of the best. He's a he's a name. He's barely hit puberty. He's one of the best in the world. That's yeah, funny. he's pretty good. Yeah, he's not bad. Yeah, he's pretty good. I'm like the best at my school. He's the best like in the state, the Midwest. Yeah, a bit of a difference there. Do how about here's one more swimming nerdy thing. Summer Sanders. Do you know who that is? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't around for her heyday, but I no. was around for Figure It Out, her television show. Yeah, on Nickelodeon. right. She's a babe. Not to 
objectify women, that, but she is attractive in a sexual way. In 1990, early 90s, the Mall of America opened, and there was a sto- store called Everything But Water. Mm-hmm. And she came there on a Saturday and signed autographs, and I got oh, to so meet cool. Summer Sanders. She um she held the 400 IM record short course yards up until like six years ago. She was like around like four minutes or something like that. It was a record that held for a long time. She was a very good swimmer. I so uh and then the last thing about I want to say about this is like I was just like I said I was in Jamaica last mm-hmm. week and um speedos are still around for people that aren't don't even wear them in competition. I, I noticed every European guy, because I don't think they were Americans, and as I found out, also not Canadians, a lot of Canadians in Jamaica vacationing, but the European guys, it doesn't matter age, it doesn't matter size. It's, and they it's, don't fit the way swimmers' Speedos fit. No! Swimmers' Speedos fit aerodynamically, everything's tight. No, no. Uh, those are like, they're loose for the sake of creating more volume than there really is. I actually had a moment, we were sitting there eating lunch, and I... Uh, and I glanced up at the exact wrong time and saw a jiggle right in the guy's. No. <laughs> I saw a dude's balls jiggle, basically what? right over my wife's shoulder. It was the worst <laughs> timing ever. What's funny is I don't lay out. I don't try to like lay out to get tan. I like being tan. I'm pretty vain, but I swim outside, and I can do that all year in California. Yeah, and I wear a speedo because I'm a swimmer. Like people think that's a weird thing. So a speedo is the most comfortable thing to wear. What do I wear? Jammers? No, that's weird. Uh, I might wear a drag suit, which is slightly more material. But I forever have a Speedo tan line. You do. And it's kind of funny if I'm <laughs> in a situation where someone sees me naked and isn't expecting it. I'd be like, no, I swear to God, it's sports or something. I swear to God, I'm not wearing my underwear in the tanning salon. Or yeah, it, it's <laughs> so, it feels so because when you, you want to look good naked, but then it's just like, well, this is quite emasculating. <laughs> I have a bikini line. I have a bikini. <laughs> That's why I switched to drag suit recently because it's more of a square cut and at least it doesn't it doesn't there's not a triangle over my butt. <laughs> I love that. Oh I absolutely love that. Yeah, uh, so I'm here to report that the uh the European uh, speedo on the beach is alive and well. Yeah. Without yeah. a doubt. It's it's less I, to pack I don't though. It. It's less to pack on vacation. It certainly is. That's what I love about swimming, too, is like when I travel of like, oh, I better bring supplies so I can swim while I'm out of town. Speedo goggles. You can crumple it up to smaller than a baseball and you yeah. shove it in your backpack. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Love it, man. That's Good awesome. Good that, that's totally awesome. I saw a uh, – you're going to switch gears here a little. You got, we have so much stuff I still want to get to. Of course, I'm not a good swimmer. I'm a bad swimmer. I'm just a big fan of the sport. What what was your what are you best at by the way? I was best at breaststroke, but I like training freestyle. I yeah. just have the feet for breaststroke and nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. My favorite is pushing off, by the way, pushing off a wall and doing like the underwater pull out, getting yes. halfway across the pool. Yes. Yeah. So fun. Oh, it's so fun. Love it. Let's talk about your awesome website that uh Monday Punday. Mondaypunday.com. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the origin? Yeah. So my high school teacher, Ann Schwartz, uh, did something like this. where It's like Rebus puzzles where she let students submit them. And every class she had like four or five on the board. And she'd let us all guess them and throw us Jolly Ranchers if we got them. That's how we started every class. And uh, okay. I got really into them. I started drawing a bunch for her, giving her a bunch of them. And uh, it, it kind of affected the way I think. And every phrase I saw, I wanted to turn it into a pun, a yeah. visual pun. And then um, 
couple years later after college, I was working a desk job and I, I was, I've always been bad at my job. So I just started drawing them for coworkers and we'd just be like, Hey, look, it's a, it's a hen on a, uh, you know, dancing at a, at a gentleman's club. You get it? And they were like, well, it's chicken strips. It's chicken. You get it? Chicken strips. <laughs> and we'd start just showing it to coworkers and I post them on Facebook and I started noticing that I'd post them on Monday. I was like, oh, it's weird. I always post them on Monday. I guess because when I get to work on Monday, I don't want to start doing anything. So I do it. And then I changed the, the album to Monday Pun Day. And after a year, I said people were kind of getting into them. So I started, uh, I turned it into a website, mondaypunday.com. And now I put up one every Monday and you go to the website and the, the goal is to solve it. So if it's like a caveman, a shirtless caveman sculpting a vase, you'd be like, Oh, it's a Harry Potter. So things like that. And, uh, been doing it a long time. There's hundreds of them online now. Uh, I love it. I have so much fun with it. Even if I didn't do comedy, I, I'd probably still be doing that. And it's, uh, it's not for everyone, but the people who do like it are, uh, nerdy, uh, fun people, my, my people. Yeah. It's it a good way to weed out. It, rem it reminds me of that page in the newspaper. You you've heard of newspapers. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. I remember. It's, uh, it reminds me of like the word jumble, like that page will have like the word jumble. You know what's funny? The... Yeah, that was part of my inspiration. In college, I would do the jumble every morning. Yeah. Because okay. we had newspapers sitting out in the cafeteria. Right on. Love those puzzles. Uh, word jumble, I was trying to think of the others. Also, XKCD was a big inspiration. It was a really, really good webcomic. I actually blatantly ripped off the format in terms of how you navigate the site. Oh, okay. Uh, he does webcomics and then, uh, yeah, just puzzle, puzzle. It's, it's, I'm not, people think I'm really into puns. I'm more into puzzles. Okay. I like the idea of you, you have to work towards something and then when you get it, there's this click, this aha moment and I get to watch your eyes light up. Yeah. And that's my, my proxy. That's like, I get to, I get to live that moment vicariously through you. Is there any part of like, uh, were you a doodler, you know, like in your notebooks and crap? Did that? A little bit, a little bit, not extensively. I would draw caricatures of friends and teachers and pass them around. That was the one thing I did. Uh, so I could, I could caricature friends fairly well. Yeah. That was the one thing I, I, I had going from it. I never took classes. And from and looking at your stuff, I could see that, you know, like you, there's one, uh, where it's obviously the Beatles, you know, yeah. so you're drawing. It looks close enough to the Beatles. I saw one. Thank you. The, uh, one of them I, I also really liked. I, it was, uh, friends with benefits. Friends with benefits. Yeah. That took a while. Yeah. I've gotten a little better at character. Those are old ones, but, uh, yeah, uh, I've never been like super into drawing. I don't consider myself artistic in that regard. I draw one every week, so I've kind of gotten better at drawing incidentally. Yeah. I basically draw as well as I need to okay. for it to be identifiable. Uh, my big thing is sculpting. I am really, really into sculpting, which it's kind of immodest to bring that up, but my side pursuit is I make little, not well, like, not like a good way. It's not like some like grand artistic thing. I, I consider it a craft at best, but there's this polymer clay called Sculpey. You have no idea how excited I am to hear about this. Oh, it's my favorite shit. thing I'm... in the world. Um, I'm so jealous. Uh, a little polymer clay called Sculpey it comes in different colors. It's like, kind of like Play-Doh, but a little different texture. You can make things, whatever you want out of it. You can just do whatever. And um, I started doing that when I was like four. My parents just bought me some packs, and then I'd always ask for toys, and they'd say, make it yourself, and they'd just hand me more clay. So for me, it was like Legos without boundaries. Yeah. Uh, and I did it uh, more or less through high school, kind of tapered off. It took a break during college, and then I was going through a really bad breakup after college. 
And I was just trying to find any way to occupy my time, and I just made one little sculpture. I was like, oh, I'll make one of my favorite Pokemon. I, oh, the things – I usually make cartoon characters, usually yeah. ones that already exist or hybrid combinations of ones that exist. So I, Pokemon was like the big thing. I still love making Pokemon. I made like this one character Pokemon. I was like, oh, I should make the other three because there was a triplet. And I was like, well, technically there's six of them, so I should make the other the, – the, 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 all six of them because you can include later generations. I was like, well, you know, there's six of them. They're all different types, but there's 15 different types of Pokemon, so I should make up the rest. So I should make another nine so I can make like – the dragon type and the and then i finished this big project and i had these 15 sculptures sitting out and i was like i should really keep doing this i could get a lot better at this if i kept working on it so now i make bigger ones and what's really cool is because of the internet is if i make the right character and post it on instagram or twitter and then tag whoever is involved the tv show that's involved the pictures will get a, a ton of retweets nice like i did do you watch rick and morty yes um, there was a character in the second season named Crumbopulous Michael. Do you remember him? No, but I saw your uh, the sculpture of yes. him. Yes, he. What, what's really neat is that I. Uh, no one had you can as soon as these things come out, you can go online and find immediately people making fan art. But there's just not that many sculptors, so I knew I had about two or three months to finish a sculpture of him, and I would still be the first person to make a sculpture of him. So I did, I took my time. It was a lot of work. It was probably 15 to 20 hours of work. Uh, small little, I don't know, two, three, four inches, or three, four inches tall, Crumbopulous Michael. And when I did it, I took, a, you know, some, some decent pictures of it and posted online and tagged Rick and Morty. And then the fan page retweeted it. And then boom, it, it gets spread across the internet. And yeah, it's, uh, it's really, really satisfying to spend all that time alone working on something and then, Get some accolades for it. I know it's completely frivolous. It's not. I, I hope so I don't what? sound like I'm bragging about no, it. It's, it's a useless skill, but it's just <laughs> so very fun. Oh, I love it. So now my room, I have at least a hundred of these things in my shelves in my room, all different from Megazords to Magenta from Blue's, Blue's Clues to the Toy Story character, half the Pokemon. Uh, Is all the clay already colored? Or are you painting? It's it? already colored. I'm not skilled enough to paint it. I just start with the different colors, so that's a limitation, but it also makes for, I think, in the end, more texture, and it makes them look like they were made. They don't look like toys. You can kind of tell that they were made by hand, and yeah. I, I prefer it that way. Yeah. There's a guy at the... Uh you can make anything. You can make anything you want. Any you like people like oh I like to, people like toys and collectibles. Like you can make it the exact size, the exact pose, and like oh Mewtwo is a white and purple, but I want to make him white and green just for the hell of it. Yeah. You can do that. It's great. Like when I meet parents now who have kids who are like four or five, six, seven, I'm just like, buy them some clay. It will expand their brain in a way that nothing else can to move into three dimensions. I I'm proud to say that uh, I here's me patting myself on the mm -hmm. back. I have done that, and it was based on I took my kids to go see. It was one of the claymation movies four or five years ago. I can't think of which Helen Bass Coraline. Oh, we've seen Coraline. Oh, that's, yeah, but that's it, it was something newer than that. But we, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, that was stunning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, even uh, there was the Pirates. There was a Pirates one, came out a few years ago. It's not a good movie, but the the uh, animation, the clay animation, is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that totally inspired. Like I think we stopped at Target. I didn't go to an art store, but I think we yeah. stopped at Target on the way home and got like the Crayola brand uh, clay. And, yeah, we Sculpey. did. Some, yeah, gotta get they. They give me free stuff now. Oh, really? Yeah, I just I sent them an email. I was like, "Hey, I'm a celebrity. <laughs> I'm on television, uh, and I make a lot of sculptures." And they're like, "Yeah, I will send you some stuff." So now awesome. I endorse them to death. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous of that. Yeah. 
Uh, I shouldn't say that, I guess. I no, should. that's shit. That's really But I've been cool. using them my whole life anyway. It's sure, the best. Sure, yeah. sure. I, uh, but I also noticed that uh, it could dry out and you can ruin uh, – if you're not – if you don't finish, it could dry out and – there's there's a lot of little techniques. You, you can have. actually uh, use Vaseline to re-soften the clay. And there's like a per- – you want you don't want it too soft. You don't want it too hard. And if you're using the Crayola stuff, it does dry out. Sculpey stays – I mean, there's Sculpey sitting out in my room that's been sitting out in my room for two years now. And I can pick it up and start making something right now. No shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so excited to get some of this stuff. Yeah, it's the best. That's I'm so excited. Uh, and you bake it in the oven. It hardens 275 degrees for 10 minutes. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Have you – I assume you probably use these as gifts? To people? Yes. Yeah? Uh, rarely, but if someone... Yeah, I have. Uh, I don't sell them. I don't know why I don't... The reason I don't sell them is because they take so very long to make that if I actually wanted to make it a worthwhile endeavor on a per-hour basis, I'd be charging hundreds of dollars for right. them. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. And they're fragile. And uh, when I finish them, I see the flaws and I can't give something away to someone when I know it's not as good as it could be. Um, I make them for friends. One of my friends, uh, Maggie May, uh, she is incidental to the story, an African-American female. And uh, she she did something nice for me, and I said, "Hey, I can make you a sculpture if you'd like. What do you want?" She's like, uh, "Powerpuff Girl." I was like, "Oh, cool! Yeah, I'll make you." Uh, y- here's the thing: is like I have a lot of different clay, and it doesn't have to be a Powerpuff Girl that already exi- I could. It's just you want to make black black Powerpuff Girl. I was like, "I do. Like, yeah, I'd love a black Powerpuff Girl." So I made that. When people, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I've made some for friends. That is awesome. Have you uh, put any of your uh, your pun cartoons on like a T shirt? Yes, I yes. have a T-shirt that I give out. Oh, you um, do? Okay. Uh, at college shows. Yeah, oh, okay. Just a couple of them. I'm sure I need to. I just ran out, so I want to make a. Want to make a better one? I'm trying to make one that has just like different puns all over it, like the wallpaper kind of thing, where it's just so if you looked at someone's shirt, there's like 40 of them, and you got to like look under their armpit to solve one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to do that. If you know anyone, let me know. Hmm. Uh, but yeah. No, oh, that'd be good. And I'm working on something with the puns that I kind of got to keep under wraps. Okay. Hopefully, it'll be. Hopefully it'll come around and a major uh, motion picture. That's awesome. A major motion picture starring Zac Efron, <laughs> Seth uh, Rogen, uh, Emma Emma Roberts, Scarlett Johansson, Bradley Cooper. Yep, Seth Rogen, Dave Franco, James Franco, directed by Judd Apatow amazing. and Michael Bay. It's going to be amazing. Mind if I do the movie? Co-directed. Yeah. Co-directed. <laughs> yeah, they're divas. We but we got them to work together. I just showed them upon. They're like, damn it, I don't like you, Michael. Yeah. But we we got to make this yeah the perfect project. Yeah. We're actually I'm working on an app that might be out soon. Oh, because yeah, it's the for the 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 website doesn't work super well on phones. So yeah, no, I saw. Oh, we should talk about that. Is that you can go on the website and then put your guesses in because I did that. That is correct. Yes, and it'll tell you if you're wrong, and then to keep trying. It'll tell you to keep trying, and because I, I was hoping it was going to give me the answer. I was. I impatient. don't do that. I know you don't. Because it would just be if I just drew the picture and then gave you the answer. No, that one would. would be so masturbatory. That yeah. would be. Look how clever I am. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to feel like you. Yeah. That's, I don't mean to sound like the Dalai Lama. I want you to feel right. smart. Yeah. I want you to have felt accomplished. Mm-hmm. I can. I, I can draw these all day by myself. I'd like for you to have some sense of satisfaction. So, yeah. and all my whole rule is. You can send me a message on Facebook. You can email me. I will give you hints. If you ask for hints, I will walk you up to the threshold yeah. and just make sure you're the one who takes that last step to yeah. the answer. Yeah. No, it's great. I'm I'm glad I found these. They're, they're Thank really you very cool. much. And I'm totally jealous of the clay sculptures. I wish I hey, had a whole bunch of those. Just I know. Start doing it. I'm, I'm a, you know, like, a, I collect a lot of stuff. I still have toy. I got a, you know, I got a freaking display of Star Wars stuff in my, yeah, you know. No one, it's so, I was thinking about that, like, 
two days ago of like if you talk to nine-year-old me nine-year-old me could talk to 27-year-old me right now we have the same if not i have more enthusiasm for cartoons and toys than i ever have i thought that was supposed to go away my five favorite shows are all cartoons where do you rate okay the where do you rate uh bugs bunny and looney tunes not a looney tunes guy what Uh, really simpsons I mean, what did I grow up on? Rugrats, Doug, DuckTales. Uh, but right now, uh, Simpsons, I got into at a young age, obsessed with Simpsons. Yeah. Futurama was my number one for a long time, but now Rick and Morty's number one. Yeah. Uh, Bojack Horseman is up there. Yeah. Trying to think what a- – oh, Adventure Time has snuck into my top five in the last probably five months. That show is unbelievable. I don't understand how something could be so original like Uncle that. Grandpa? Don't watch it. No. Don't watch it. I need to – uh, Adventure Time isn't even funny. It's just good. Yeah. It's just you get so wrapped up in the characters and you f- you feel for them and you want them to, you want them to win and when they're frustrated you're frustrated and and the the comedy is so bizarre. It's just like if you watch a lot of comedy you 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 tend to notice how jokes work. Whatever they do, it's like nothing I've ever seen. They'll twist you so hard. They'll do things that are just such a like a left like just a such a curveball that you're just like whoa. Yeah. Like it just knocks you down for a second. Like that was funny, yeah. but it wasn't a joke. Yeah. We had a, uh, at home last night. We're flipping through. Wow. Tuesday nights. There's nothing on TV. Then I found FXX and watched three episodes of The Simpsons. Simpsons. Yeah. Still good. Mm-hmm. God, those are, it's, man, nothing will ever beat that. Yeah. No. But Rick and Morty, I honestly think is the best animated show since The Simpsons. Wow. South Park, you could argue is very good, but South Park took a little while to find their voice. There was a few down years. And here's the thing. That show started – watch one of the episodes from the first season. It's garbage. There's nothing – they had made no big statements. The, all they did was a bunch of kids, and it was right around the time censorship was loosening up. Comedy Central had just become a cable network. Um, and it was just kids saying really filthy things mm-hmm. like queef and and, yeah. and anal probe. Oh, I remember. And, I was – Whoa, yeah. these kids are cursing on yeah. television. And then now they do – now it's brilliant. Yeah. But – now it's social commentary. And it's the best social commentary. Mm-hmm. It's like Bill Burr and South Park. Yeah. <laughs> and, the number, and Louis C.K. Yeah. And it's awesome how quick a turnaround they do. Yeah. They really nailed yeah. that. It's and like, the funny part now is the art is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll, like, you can tell that they still have remnants of, like, the old animation style, but, like, even though they only have, like, whatever, like, six days to get an episode together, it's stunning. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. So, uh, a couple, was it a month or so ago? Uh, I had on here, I know somebody that you know, Damien Lemon. Damien. Yeah. God, I love that guy. Yeah. It's so funny. Such a nice guy, too. He's fantastic. And I say it in that order. <laughs> he's funny and he's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I can go with if that. I just, if I just said nice guy, it'd be an insult. But, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and he does that, too. He can he can comment on things with just surgical precision, really tear down walls of discomfort and, and, and talk about something very real. Yeah. So we, you guys... is is uh canceled it it is well, yeah. i should say not renewed no no but it was it was a pleasure to be a part of it yeah. was that news not exactly news yeah. on mtv too we had a, mm-hmm. we had a season together uh fake news show really i watched i i don't watch a ton of mtv uh-huh. maybe more like when my wife sucks me into watching uh teen mom with yeah. her which is awful but that's a whole way. I could do a show about that. My God. But, uh, I watched some clips of that show. It was a great idea. I thought yeah. it was funny. I liked it. I like, uh, I mean, 
Daily Show is my my favorite. Yeah. Daily Show and Colbert Report is like my favorite thing ever. It's all I've wanted to do. Yeah. Since the, just be, to be something like that, that smart. And just to be something that was like similar to that was fun. And what's funny is like, you watch a lot of comedy. I watch a lot of comedy. We like to think we have very nuanced taste that we like that we can spot a hack joke and we can we can see jokes coming before most audience members. Yeah. But when I actually sit down and think about it, nothing makes me laugh as hard as a YouTube video of like an old fat lady slipping and falling. <laughs> I cackle. I hurt laughing. Uh-huh. It's like, who the fuck am I to think that I have some outstanding taste in comedic arts right. when that really is some of the funniest mm-hmm. stuff in the world. Yeah. And that's been making people laugh for yeah. forever. Yeah. I'll right. never be as funny as a guy putting shaving cream on his hand and then slapping his napping friend across the face. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never, I'll never write a joke as good as that. Not with such a good visual. Probably yeah. not. Oh, that's funny. How about, uh, so let's talk about your interest in acting. Uh, it's a newer pursuit for me. Okay. Um, I, I love it. It's great. It's, it's not as fun as stand up. Nothing will ever be as fun as stand up, but I really enjoy comedic acting. Yeah. I'm finding the similarities between the two and I've been doing a bit of it. Um, I, I don't know if I should say that this is a bit too open and vulnerable. I, when I came to LA, I came as a stand up comedian mm-hmm. and I acquired representation through, somewhat standard means and i auditioned for a lot of acting parts because i've been told i have a look uh and i'm quite often auditioning to be these 80s villain type characters and uh (laughs) apparently there's a market for that so i've had some opportunities to at least try out for those things yeah Yeah. but uh yeah i've I've stacked up that small handful of credits yeah doing some stuff really cool to be a part of how about like uh sketch stuff I don't do enough sketch. No. Don't do enough sketch. I do. When my friends invite me to do stuff, I do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just like the experience. Just yeah. anything to be part of something creative. Gotcha. Stop clicking that. Like, uh, uh, I was looking at, like, your IMDB. The League? You had a... I was on, yeah, the series finale of The League. Uh, someone saw me doing stand-up, and they offered me a part on the show. So, Were you a fan of it? Uh, I haven't watched much of it. I'm yeah. a huge Steve Ranasisi fan. Mm-hmm. I like that guy. I like his stand-up. He's a class act. Uh Sucks what happened. Yeah. But um, honestly, I can kind of understand how it happened. Really? Here's the thing. You've, you've seen my story. I was a financial analyst in Houston, Texas. I was a spreadsheet jockey. And I was a math major, applied math major undergrad. You can talk to people in the comedy world who think I have a PhD in physics and worked in New York on Wall Street. When you have any story surrounding you as a comedian, people tend to blow it up. Gerard Carmichael. People like, he came from abject poverty and within three months of doing open mics, he was opening for Daniel. So I'm like, no, we all struggle. We all want to People tend to blow up. When you ever have any of those interesting autobiographical facts surrounding your stand-up comedy persona, they get blown up. Sure. And he should have addressed it sooner, yes, but I can imagine how he said that one time, someone misconstrued it, and that story came around, and he just kind of yes-anded it. Yeah. 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 Anything you need to clear up with your history now? Uh, I probably I have some dirt. I'm sure. <laughs> Don't worry. They'll they'll find it on me eventually. They'll they'll get me. But yeah, I was it's I was a financial analyst in the loosest sense of the term. Sure. I wasn't like a. Yeah, it was a nine to five job. No, I bailed on the league, not because of any lack of interest. I really thought that show was good, and I'm a fantasy football player. I love comedy; it's right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Um, but I missed the last couple seasons. So, how did they work you into the finale? 
I was the thing was I was actually in the second to last season, but they cut my scene. And oh, then they brought me back as more or less the same character, a douchey bro who antagonizes one of the main characters. It was the uh, the series finale. It was a uh, spoiler alert. Um, was it like DraftKings championship like top 10 people competing for a million dollars and i was one of the guys competing oh, okay. yeah, i was one of these uh, yeah yeah football what are you doing here I'm, i i win that's what i do me i'm a winner that kind of guy and <laughs> how about you go play with your your tutu you know, something like that uh that kind of character so yeah they worked me in quickly gotcha comedic relief have you uh i i think did i see this in that in the uh you know I, we were talking off the mic here and i mm-hmm. watched like this 15 minute um stand-up clip of yours and there was a part in there where you're talking about grammar and like knowing a lot about grammar yeah right? i loved uh, your joke uh well i'm not i won't spoil it but there you say something super funny about uh being jewish and, oh yeah uh, yeah, grammar. yeah yeah i'll just yeah. leave it at that that's very funny but if you, you have you watched making a murderer is everybody's talking about on netflix i haven't you have i started i haven't is it really good it is really good and the all i don't want to get into the whole you know is he guilty innocent all the crap everybody's talking about yeah just about the way those folks speak to each other. <laughs> I think you would find it fascinating and aggravating because they, and I've never heard this before, they can put four negatives in one sentence and have it somehow make sense to each other, which to me sounds like a whole new language. It's it like a whole new language. People, you know, there are actually people who talk Ain't about No, not, never. I mean, how do you understand all those negatives in a row? My friend Barrett Goldsmith talks about this. Uh, Ebonics is an extremely regular dialect. Uh, there, are, there are usages, there are verb conjugations that do not exist in standard English. Um, I, as, even though I talk about that in that joke, it's a little untrue to how I really feel, which is that English is the world's predominant open source language. Uh, it is ever-changing. If you've ever taken a linguistics course... English isn't defined by some book, some dusty old tome that says these are the rules. It's defined by how it's used. And if people start using a word differently, that becomes how that word means. Mm-hmm. You can look at the etymology of words. It changes. The word silly used to mean virtuous and virginal. Now we know what it means, but you can't fight changes in language. It's always historically a losing battle. So I just let people talk how they want to talk. Sure. I've read the MLA handbook. I used to edit curriculum so I know what they should be saying, what they should be doing. But if I can understand what they're saying, so be it. Yeah. I would uh, get I, I like grammar. I like when it's done properly. It indicates it's pleasing to me. The does the word ain't is. does ain't make you No, ain't is a word. Yeah. Ain't is by at most yeah, ain't is by definition a word. Um I can't get it out of my head of when I would say that or anyone else would say it. Am I, when I, as a kid, and my dad would go, ain't's not a word. Ain't is not a word. I mean, it's in a contraction for is not. Yeah. Or are not. Uh, y'all is, I don't have a southern accent, despite the fact that I should. I'm from the south. My parents are from the south. But uh, I do use the word y'all. That's you my do. one giveaway. Okay. It's just a very useful word. Uh-huh. I like it very much. I do, too. I can't use it. Not from being, not being a Minnesotan. Y'all. But how do you say a plural you? How would you indicate more than one person. Hey, guys. You know what I like is uh, when you're texting a girl or you're texting a lady and you don't want to sound too forward of like there's such a difference between you're texting a girl like after 10 p.m. and you want to hang out and maybe you have some sly intentions or mm-hmm. something like that. You can say, hey, what are you up to tonight? Right. That sounds a little forward. You can say, hey, what are y'all up to tonight? 
And suddenly, maybe he's not trying to get my pants. Maybe he, he just, just wants, wants a hang. group of people to hang out with. Ah. That's when I like y'all. Yeah. Bravo, bravo to that. And you know what? That, that makes me sound like a creep, all right? <laughs> <laughs> no, just someone who thinks things out. There's nothing wrong with that. That, that Philanderous grammar, yeah. <laughs> Philanderous grammar. That, it, it fits. It fits. It fits. Uh, let's see. What else should we get out there before we wrap this up? What do you think? So, um, you want to talk about Donald Trump? <laughs> Donald Trump. I'm fascinated by him. Are you? I, um, I realize I, have my, I finally got my thoughts together. And? On what he is. Do you know what Donald Trump does for a living? No. He's a professional celebrity. Yeah. That's what people tend to not notice. His job is to stay as famous as possible, and then he monetizes that. Mm -hmm. He isn't running for president. He is just trying to increase his celebrity. He had no intention of winning this. I don't disagree with you, but then what's happening? He doesn't concern me. It's the people who like him who concern me. In my mind, it's this big – I think he secretly created some insurance policy so that when he doesn't win, he gets this big sum back, and he's secretly trying to blow the election. Trying to say things that will purposely make him lose, yet people keep supporting it. And I think he's just as confused by this as all of us. Like Brewster's Millions or Brewster's Billions. It's like that of like, <laughs> I just called Mexicans rapists. Why do people, it was like, is this going to come on? Is it going to call like Hillary a dyke? And people are going to be like, that's refreshing. You know? He says what we think. He says what we think. I think he doesn't care if he wins or not because no matter what happens after all of this, he can go sell a cologne again. Sure. Or, or or a set of neckties, or launch another reality show. He is professionally famous. It's it's a fascinating thing. It's mind boggling. It is mind boggling that people are actually getting behind it. But I, there's no way he'll win. He can't win. There's more. There's just so many more. You would see if he were the Republican nominee, which might happen. You will see a higher voter turnout than in the history of this country, percentage wise, just to vote against him. Mm-hmm. Because there are more, there are a lot of Trump fans in this country, but there are even more Trump haters, people who hate Trump. Um, it's, I, I don't know any people who actually like him. They're out there though, but I don't have anyone in my circle that's actually like, I like him. I've seen some Facebook comments from people I'm friends with on Facebook, and I just kind of, what, real, what? I, and you, you, and they stayed your friends on Facebook? <laughs> you have some self-control. I would at bare minimum unfollow them. Uh, yeah. No, you know, it, it's, uh, it's my, it's my way to keep an eye on the other side, I yeah. think. Yeah, I guess know? so. It's the, true. You on can't. On the things gotta, I don't understand. I like to, I, I still remind myself to look at the other side of the issue because I can very, you can so easily get into your own bubble of liberal minded same people. Yeah. No, it, it's fa- like even last night because they're like the bit, the latest news is that he's not doing this Fox News, uh, you know, with Megyn Kelly and he's, yeah, you when, know, he's trying to throw the election. Yeah. I swear to God. Yeah. I'm stepping away and we'll let everybody else do it. I'm going to do, uh, you know, I'm going to go talk to, uh, you know, other uh, soldiers in another part of Iowa or whatever. And I was thinking about that last night. Like, are we going to find out that this is made – and this isn't real, but it makes me think. Like, remember when um, – oh, what the hell's the actor's name? When he went on Letterman and he had the long beard. Joaquin, Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. Something like his performance art at its finest. Right. Like, is this performance art – are we going to find out – like now we're finally going to find out that Andy Kaufman never died and this yeah. is his creation. Ah, that's funny. I mean, who knows? It just it doesn't seem possible. It's I mean, I guess it was inevitable though. Our culture watches more reality than politics. Yeah. Now, 
How are you going to make politics interesting? Make it into a reality TV show. Well, good for Daryl Hammond that he got back on uh, SNL. Oh, yeah. I, know. I, didn't, <laughs> I think I saw that. And I didn't, it didn't register until just now. Yeah. yeah. He nails it. Yeah. Yeah. I just watched a bit uh, over the weekend and he was doing his Trump again. Man, I, that guy's talented. Yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Every politician. Hey, speaking of, uh, you know, I saw your, your name in the credits of a movie called Balls Out. How big is your role in that thing? Pretty small. Pretty small? But uh, it was a really fun movie to shoot. Yeah, and the only reason I even just thought of that is because, like, my new favorite, everybody's favorite on SNL, uh, Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon, Jay Farrow. Um, oh, Jay Farrow. Beck Bennett was in that movie, and yes. he got, I was his crony. I was the 80s villain. I stood next to Beck Bennett and made him look even more menacing. Okay. I um, watched the trailer. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I shot that movie in Austin. I got I once I did some stand up in Austin. They asked me to be in that movie because I could I just standing there with a mean face. I looked exactly what they were looking for. Um, we shot it summer 2013. It was originally called Intramural. Uh, I will say this publicly: the branding for that movie they ruined it. The director agrees with the writer. Agrees. They changed the name of the movie from Intramural to Balls Out. They did this bogus ass poster. This semester, everyone scores. No one gets laid in the entire movie. By the way, <laughs> it's just a really fun meta. It's actually a good movie yeah. i don't i don't blow up I, I don't blow smoke up your ass in terms of what i find entertaining sure, sure. i laughed watching that movie yeah it's on on demand watch it i don't get any money from it it's called balls out it's a fun movie yeah yeah i love crazy amount of talent yeah i love kate mckinnon she's yeah. obviously yeah who else was it jake lacy was in that movie who if you don't know him you will in two years his career is is skyrocketing okay yeah i don't uh, he was on the office he's he was in some he's in some movie with like kate blanchett right now they uh it was this low budget movie and they got basically got all these these up-and-coming actors to be in the movie by sending them this awesome video of like hey come be in our movie you get to live in austin texas for two months in the summer we'll get you a little house and you can just party around town and shoot this movie and we probably won't be able to pay you as much as you'd like, but it'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. Did you do uh, any mural sports when you were in college? I have no athletic ability of any kind. I, <laughs> I, I swim and run. Mural, man. I'm not an athlete. I have no coordination. Uh, I'm The only reason I've ever won a medal at anything is because I'm willing to do it for longer. Okay. That is endurance. That, uh, 5Ks, 10Ks, oh, wow. distance swimming, just because other people are like, that's not fun. I'm yeah. like, ah, there's my chance. Yeah. yeah. I got to do intramural in college. I played soccer. Soccer. Co-ed. So they just needed people to fill out the team. Such a good sport. Yeah. Such a great sport. It keeps you so fit. And we had a couple of ringers that were, you know, like on the club team. So mm-hmm. we won the championship and I got to walk around with my intramural champs t-shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was big at Rice, too. I uh-huh. wish I had participated. Yeah. Ultimate Frisbee was one sport I should, I did like and I wish I had played more of. But that's a good workout, too. Yeah, uh, nah, I went to college in Duluth. There's a there's two months of nice weather in Duluth. So what school? Ultimate, University of Minnesota, Duluth. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. That's mm-hmm. a great school. Yeah, uh, Gophers. That's the Bulldogs. Bull- what? Yeah, the Gophers are the University oh, you... of Minnesota in the Twin Cities. Oh right, right, right. Here's uh, Golden Gophers. Gophers. Uh, huh? What is Rice's mascot? The Owls. The, oh, that's right. Very That's intimidating right. mascot if you're, <laughs> if you're a field mouse. It's a nerdy school. It's yeah. I would argue it is the nerdiest non-engineering school in the country. Okay. Uh, I mean, MIT, Caltech got us beat, stuff like that. But it is a it is a very 
broad school. You can go there for pre-med, pre-law, engineering, liberal arts, architecture, yeah. music. Uh, but it is the nerdiest damn school, and I loved it so very much. Nice. I want to go back one, uh, to the uh, like the shows you're doing this week here at Acme. Mm-hmm. So is it will it be similar to what I the little 15 minute thing? I obviously you're doing a lot more than 15 minutes, mm-hmm. but at the end of it, you brought a projector. There was a projector, and you showed the I'm gonna puns play some up games. on the screen. Yeah, you will. We're, we're gonna play some puns. Okay. With the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I like to you know I like to show people. In my little side thing. Just yeah. In case, just in case some of them like it and maybe go visit the website. Yeah, very cool. And uh, do some comedy. Trying to get a little looser this week because these are just wonderful crowds and maybe play around a little bit more, experiment, uh, have some fun. This is considered by more than one comic I've met their favorite country, yeah. uh, comedy club in the country. Yep. Uh, that's not hyperbole from what I hear. No, we, not that I'm part of it, but I hear that a lot mm-hmm. from people that come here. You hear it on, you know... Louis C.K. mentioned it on Fallon, mentioned Acme on Fallon yeah. within the last year. Yeah. yeah. Just I mean, look at this room. Yeah. Oh, it's perfectly mm-hmm. set. Low ceilings, tight, uncomfortable chairs, too cold. <laughs> These are all good things in the comedy world. I'm not, that's actually, I'm not being sarcastic. These are comfortable chairs. They're comfy, but they're close together. Well, no elbow room. You got to be, you got to stand your chair. That's true. That's you true. You don't want comfy chairs. You don't want lounge chairs in a comedy show. No. No, no, no. no. You don't no, want to no, be no. able to. You can't like recline in these chairs. Uh-uh. They're good chairs. They're no, you might dirty. too. Uniform. <laughs> I don't know. Like a Cap City Comedy Club. I feel like they have like different colored chairs. It's a good club. But just kind of like like jester patterns on some and then tile patterns on others. Mm. Mm. We don't need that much. Yeah. Uh, wow, we did it, man. That, that I think we just did a little over an hour. Slave that through flew, it. I know. Uh, anything you selling anything after the shows or? Uh, I'm not selling anything. Nothing. Just, uh, check out MondayPunday.com if you're bored at work. Send me a message if you get frustrated on any of them. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I do have one more question. Yeah. An album. Any that that in the future? Anytime. I uh, I'm working on one. It's always been my goal. Always wanted to do. I mean, my favorite thing in comedy is just. Listening to it, a good out from George Carlin's uh, to Daniel Tosh's uh, true stories. I made up to John Mulaney's New in Town. Yep. You can just listen to them over and over again. And they, yep. they, it's like it's like a music album. It, it represents a time in your life. It, yeah, uh, I think I think I'm a year away okay. at, at minimum. I've been doing comedy four years. Maybe I'll be pushing five in the summer. Wow, that's not long. Not man. long. No, wow. I am. I am overexposed and underdeveloped i will be the first to admit <laughs> okay uh but and then maybe were i to do maybe something with comedy central i'd, I'd, I'd like to do an album when someone asks me to do an album okay yeah uh, some people like to go do it on their own That's i would mind having someone help me okay out. i got that a little, little commercial of me but yeah sure i got that well recorded here that'll be your that could be Not a very a good decision idea. it happens all, a lot have been recorded here great place for it yeah if yeah, I may suggest right. that. Yeah, set up for cameras and everything. Uh-huh. Good Dude, stuff. it's been great. I think Thank we did so it. Thank you so much. Uh, continued success. You got the you, you got uh you got the right attitude. Thank you very much. Yeah, I thank mean you, that so. You. Really? Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. This was very pleasant.